Hey world, my name is Sir. And I'm Modern Malcolm. We are the hosts of Negroes You Don't Like podcast, also known as NYDL. We are black husbands and fathers who are married, and yes sisters, to black women. We are your everyday man's intellectual and more opinionated than the guy who sits around at the barbershop talking shit for hours and never gets a cut. We want to empower our communities and spread knowledge with best practices to hand off the baton to the ones next up. Only one major challenge, we can't do it alone. Calling out everyone who wants to pass on a stronger legacy to start right here on Patreon with us. Get exclusive access to unreleased episodes and extended episodes we like to call Loose Ends. Or whatever other fly shit we could think of. Simply search for Negroes you don't like on Patreon and click join to tap in. Reminder, you may not like us, but you'll learn to respect and support what we stand for. Peace. Peace. Let me tell you something. Y'all don't messed up now. Family's in the car, kids crying in the back seat. My stomach's rumbling, the wife giving me the side eye. So I already know what this is all about. This is another event and the family being hungry. So I'm feeling this energy caving in on me, so I gotta make a choice. Now, typically we'll go to a restaurant Restaurant's gonna run us probably like $50 it up to have a meal. We going to McDonald's, which I try not to make it a habit of, but let's say we need something quick. The value meal today is around $10. So if I'm gonna eat lower the bottom end of the total pole as far as food is concerned, just to stave off starvation, why am I spending $10 per person? That's almost as much as I would spend inside of a lower tier restaurant. So I went back to my financial principles and I said, hey, let's pull up on Costco. So the $10 belly hustle is you able to feed a family of four for $10. Where can you ever get that kind of return on your money with a family that's ready to gouge each other's eyes out due to hunger? I'm talking about. An appetizer, an entree, drinks, and dessert. $10. Tax included. Where we going to get that at? Holla at me. My brother, listen. I might be next in line, man. (laughs) $10 (laughs) to feed four people? Brother. $10 holla. (laughs) Let me tell you something, man. If that ain't a deal, I don't know what is, man. Hey, world. Welcome to NYDL. Negroes you don't like. Martin Malcolm. You know, let's let's go into some details again to really give them more reason not to like us. But today, I don't really want to talk about, you know, being cheap versus being frugal. Just the overall myths behind that, man. And I wanted you to just really dive deeper into that. What you got for us, man? Yeah, you know, I, this particular topic is one that's near and dear to me only because it's one of those things where, particularly <laughs> in our community, man, you is so quick. Like, that's a label so many of us are scared to get attached to or we're so scared to have the label put on us the last thing you want anybody to know you as is being a cheap person now the funny thing is they don't even mind that label being put on you even if you are in a situation where you financially don't got it 
if you have, ain't that's crazy, right? So if you literally are financially strapped, you don't have money, your ass is broke. People around you know you're broke. Most people are likely in the same situation as you, but yet you don't want anybody to even think to call you cheap, even though you're in a financial position where being cheap should be at the top of your list, at the top of your priority list for you to get out of the financial situation that you're in. So essentially we get taught to hustle backwards and trying, and then we try to figure out in hustling backwards, why our results never look the way they're supposed to look. Brother, that's deep. Hustling backwards. Damn. <laughs> Hustling backwards. Hey, listen, we, we, we try to drop jewels on the people and hope they pick them up and wear them. You know, because we want you to shine. We want you to shine in a different way, man. We want you to shine internally. You know what I'm saying? Brother, you ever drove by a bus stop and seen somebody with the, with the freshest J's on, fresh fit on, waiting for a city bus? <laughs> All day, bro. All day. Backwards. <laughs> what are we doing? $300 shoes for a $1.50 bus ride. Come on now. The math ain't some priorities don't seem to be straight where they need to be, man. It's not right, bro. You pull up to somebody, you you pulling up to somebody's house, you see a luxury car in the driving yard, you know, in in, in, in front of the house, part in front of the house. But then you go to hold the doorknob to the house that's associated with the car, the doorknob fall off. What are we doing? (laughs) Hustling backwards. (laughs) Hustling backwards. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's it's just, it's so unfortunate that in our communities, we get stigmatized for being people who are savers. Like, think about it. Nobody who's ever deemed a cool person is known as a saver. Nobody. Nice. And, and, and this is so unfortunate, especially given when we come from communities due to many different external factors, some internal, as to why we're in a financial position that we're in. So you would think, given the status that we're in, we would say, oh, man, you know, financial health, financial wealth, these are things we're going to take seriously. And for that to happen, it's one thing to teach people a bunch of side hustles and how to make money. But how do you make money if you don't have money to invest? We hustling, we, we hustling backwards. We want to get to the finish line before starting a race. You can't get to the finish line before starting a race, my brother. Like somebody got to start the race. Right. And, and unfortunately it's really, you know, how the media portrays us and in essence, how we portray ourselves. We portray ourselves as big spenders. We walk up in a place, hey, you know, every time we in the club, oh, we're going to buy the bar out. Oh, we in VIP. Oh, that's it. That's how we move, right? How we in VIP, but our lives look nothing close to that. Our bank accounts clearly tell us spirit, but our internal spirit tells us first class. <laughs> That's not going to work. We got to, we got to re, uh, we have to address our, our mental hangups and we have to reestablish the way that we look at money and the idea of saving needs to be something that is deeply rooted into our core. Saving money doesn't mean you have to not have nice things. It just means that you want to make sure that the things that you buy, you get for a good price for the money that you earn, you worked for. You just want to get it for a good value. That's all it is. It's, it's not, you know, it's not, oh man, 
you around here with this one ply toilet paper. I can't stand going at your house, man. It take me like 10 minutes to wipe my ass. No, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we all know those situations, man. We know at least one person. In the- <laughs> You've been in that house and you're like, damn, man, why do I choose to use it right now, man? I got I got one pot, one ply of toilet paper, man. Next thing you know, you looking, you ever run out? You looking around like, damn, you looking under the, you know, the cabinet, seeing if you can find another roll. Man, let me tell you, man, that's not a good experience for nobody. <laughs> hey, bro, guess what? That'd be the person. That'd be the person with the Range Rover in the yard. What? Facts. <laughs> Yo, it'd be the Facts, person with the Toyota Corolla. It'd be the person with the Toyota Corolla. You pull up in the house. Damn. They got, they, their house is fully stocked. Things are where they need to be. Charmin. You got Charmin. Everything around here is, is looking like it's supposed to look. But then you going into certain people's houses and you looking like, hold on, your car says this, so I'm envisioning this. I'm coming inside and it's like the wild, wild west with the little tumbleweed. The whole house is empty. Can't even get toilet paper to wipe your ass, man. You're riding, you're riding <laughs> a Range Rover, man. Come on, man. Hustling backwards. Yeah, you know I mean, man, but listen, we, we, we really have to, and it's unfortunate that we are so influenced by people in the media and partially that comes because we have a desire and a thirst for status Mm. why do we why is status such a big thing in our psyche and once again i'm not speaking for all of us but it is enough of us that i'm speaking about where it impacts our community as a whole and it's something that we really need to like we really need to decode that we need to break that down why do we desire status so much? Why does it mean so much? I work in education. And whenever you see children acting a certain way, they're not acting in silos, meaning they're not acting by themselves. They're, they're mimicking what, they, what, what they're seeing the adults do. So the children expose the deficiencies of the adults in our society. So if the children are coming to school and they could care less about a report card and grades, they want to know who got the freshest fit on, who got the newest shoes, who got the newest iPhone. That's that is the top of their concern. Facts, bro. So if if, if, if that's the priority, then why am I not surprised to see the adults acting the same way and not really putting their money towards things that not only are valuable, but actually bring value to their lives. That's how you can get the guy who's sitting in a car, a car that he loves, may look nice, but he can't afford to put gas in it. Mm. What are we talking about now? Mm. The car is only good for Instagram pictures, but it really can't move no well. Because if Range you step on that gas. In, in a gas tank. Listen, what are we doing here? I'm starting to think I'm in a Truman show sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, we really have to, especially when you got a family, the idea of saving should make, I'm not saying you should be thrilled by it. Cause some people are, you know, they got, you know, the cute, super coupon, extreme coupon and all that. Hey, if you went to that, that's cool. I don't need how, I don't need a 500,000 rolls of toilet paper or paper towels in my house, but hey, if that floats your boat, so be it. But the reason why saving is so important, and it's a it's really a skill. It is a skill. It's a skill that needs to be transferred to the next generation is because people who are selling products and people who are marketing products, they want you to be emotionally attached to the products that they're selling you. 
And as a people, we are emotionally attached to a good message. That's why black pastors are some of the best orators in the world. Last time I checked, wasn't Martin Luther King a pastor? Facts. So black people really, in our lineage, and, and even when you go back to Africa, griots, the storytellers, the people who could, the, the best orators in our communities typically became the people who led the community. That's kind of how our community is organized. If you're able to speak well and you're able to convey emotion and grab him and pull out people's emotions, you can have the ear and the heart of our community. And that is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time, because you can have our attention without actually doing anything positively for us. Because we get emotionally attached. We need to get logically attached to things. Is this making sense? Yes, it makes me feel good. I hear it. It's, it's almost like listening to a rap song, right? The beat is dope as hell, but the lyrics are trash. And that's kind of where we are with, with, with some of our thinking. We listen to the beat. We're like, man, this sounds good. That looks good. Oh, that feels good. That's, that has a dope vibe. But what's the actual substance of the song? If the song is telling me to slap my wife, drop kick my kids, blow all the money on the side chick, then that's probably not the content that's going to bring the best results to my family. So I know that <laughs> seems a little bit far off, but it's all about looking at how our psychology plays into what we buy and why we buy what we buy. Sometimes are we buying things for ourselves or are we buying things to be perceived a certain way? Or to be, or for approval. Exactly. Right. Approval, status, attention from other people. This is this. We have to really, I'm not saying those things 100% don't matter, but they need to be put in check. They need to be put in balance. We need perspective around those kinds of things. Because you can find yourself in a situation where you're sitting in your room or sitting in a home full of all these material goods. But when you really look at your life, you, you don't own nothing. You're actually owned by your goods as opposed to being the owner of the goods. Mm. Possessions can possess you. Possessions can possess you if you don't have the right perspective about the things that you are buying. When I hear people saying, I have to have those things that come. I have. No, you don't have. What do you mean you have to have it? That sounds like that thing has like a an emotional like. Like, it's almost like possession, man. Somebody put a voodoo spell on you? What you mean you have to have? You got... What are we doing? You know what I mean? Brother, that's... I mean, man, I, I can... I can come up with a list of situations that, I've been, situations that I've been in or even conversations that I've had with people where the result was actually me saying that. Like, <laughs> just something ain't adding up, bro. Like, the obsession with these worldly things or these possessions, you know, and like you said, man, like it really makes you think because now these possessions are, well, having you possess. So it's like, it's, it's backwards. Like you said, it's, it's hustling backwards. And, and, mm -hmm. and I know you went really deep into it, but I think it's all connected because it's so much deeper because it's the habits, the actions that we put it forth or even our mindset that now has the result of the decisions that we make. 100%, you know, I think I think many times in our community we do feel some level of 
insecurity about our humble beginnings. Most of us had humble beginnings growing up. So the thing that's kind of ironic about me saying that is that so many of us understand that situation, but we're still so embarrassed by it, right? Like I'm, I'm sitting with all these young people in a classroom and you, you will hear somebody call somebody else poor. But I'm, but when I look at the roster, everybody's getting free lunch. You're literally, you're literally talking about somebody in the same situation as you. That's part of the reason why I love working with young people because you can see so many of society's society's issues within them. And you sometimes I just stop and, and sit there and think, and I said, "Wow, that's because children are, are not really good at um, censoring themselves as much. They sometimes and sometimes they don't even know what to censor. So that raw emotion and that raw." Uh, comment that they made that's what you want to hear because that will cut to the heart of the matter so you have a lot of kids they're embarrassed about being in a financially disadvantaged position and i said and and i and i I constantly ask the question i say why if we're all in the same boat if none of us are in this class are sitting in first class why are you embarrassed about it the only reason you're embarrassed by it is because you allow the media to paint a perception of who you're supposed to be and you're not. And because you're not like that, something is wrong with you. And you don't have any historical context. You don't even know, you don't even know the, let alone the history of your people. You don't know the history of your family. So you are literally a true blank slate. So you are literally being built up by corporations. Corporations are defining for you who you should be. You're not even tapped into you're not even tapped into a source or tapped into something that is beyond a marketing campaign put together by a corporation. That's pretty deep, but that's essentially what it is. Because when we talk about having a sense of who you are, knowledge of self, kings and gods and queens, these kinds of things, for some people, they may roll their eyes when they hear this, but no. Don't even think to do that because you become you you become a, a, a walking zombie because you're not connected to nothing. You don't feel connected to nothing. When you don't feel connected to nothing, it's easy to grab that person's attention and try to redefine who they're supposed to be. And essentially, we're talking about saving money. So some people may be thinking, how is all of this tied in? I want you to play this back. Listen to it again. This all tied in because for us not to be possessed by our possessions, we have to take control over how we view money, our relationship with money, our relationship with the things we buy. To be honest with you, I feel better purchasing a product from, let's say, a black owned business or a minority business than I do one of the bigger brands because I have a I have a I have a, a reshaped perspective about what that means with that purchase. But if you if you're only taught to buy this product because it's hot in my neighborhood right now and when people see me with it, they're going to give me attention. If that's the only if that's the only exchange that you want to receive or or that's the only thing that you think you're supposed to receive from purchasing something, then it's going to it's going to produce the same results that we've been seeing. 
We can't we can't do the same things and expect different results. We all insanity. know that's the de- the definition to insanity. And unfortunately, we've been trying to make insanity. We've been trying to make insanity look normal. Insanity will never look normal. You you can try to normalize it all you want, but at the end of the day, it's still gonna look the way it looks. When you a guy, when you not a guy, but when you're a person, for example, like the example I gave earlier, you sitting at a bus stop with a three hundred dollar outfit on and two hundred and fifty dollar pair of shoes. Nobody in their right mind is looking at you like you got some sense. <laughs> Nobody. The only people you are impressing is maybe, you know, elementary school kids. But even then, they're going to say, man, it's hot. You don't got a car. Like you said, they're, not, they're unfiltered, man. They're going to let you, they're going to tell you how they feel. Bro, I, I love kids for that. They don't know how to filter themselves. When my daughter, when my daughter gets in my car, she says, we in daddy car. When she gets in my, my wife's car, we in mommy car. If I didn't have a car, she would say, daddy don't got a car. You got a mommy car. <laughs> Kids don't know who, they don't know when to censor themselves or who they censor themselves to. That's why when kids speak, listen, they'll tell you. Because, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this is something we really got to take seriously. And just to give an example of ways that we really should be thinking about saving money. And this is one of the things that always blew my mind. These conversations that I would have by myself with others, uh, with my wife, I got a membership at Costco. Costco is a wholesale bulk retailer. That's the people you go into and they'll sell you four pounds of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) The average person don't need four pounds of cheese, but if you need four pounds of cheese, you know where to get it. They're not going to sell you a six-pack of toilet paper. They will sell you a 42-pack of toilet paper. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Now, some of y'all may be asking, what the hell I need a 42-pack of toilet? If you have a house of three or four, trust me, you're going to use it. Mm. There are certain goods that you're going to use. Paper towels. Think about how often you're using paper towels every day. If you have little children under the age of three how often are you changing diapers if you're changing diapers three times a day what the what the hell are you going to target for to buy a 20 pack of diapers does that make any oh, sense now. make no sense brother it makes no sense literally in figure come on, come on man. <laughs> you're looking at first of all and then here's what people don't realize the reason why people go to these bulk retailers it's not always because they want to buy all these big quantities what they want to do, one, they're trying to get more bang for their buck. And two, it, it it avoids you having to leave your house less. I mean, it costs you to leave your house less. You're not going to the grocery store every two, three days for certain goods because you have it sitting in your house. That's going to cut down on fuel costs, wear, wear and tear on your car, right? There's a lot of other things that are a positive consequence to buying things in bulk, especially when you have a family that you are... Um, taken care of. I remember there was a time I went to I went to a Target and I seen a young guy. You know, I was happy to see he was he was buying diapers for. I was at a little, I was doing a little conversation with him in the line. He was buying some diapers for his uh, for, for his child. It's his first child, and I saw him buying like a a small pack of diapers. I said I said, brother, I know it's your first child, but I'm gonna be honest with you. 
that pack of diapers that you got, it ain't going to make it through the weekend. He said, what? What you mean? I'm like, it's not going to make it to the weekend. And you about to spend close to 15 to 15, between 15 and $18 on this small pack of diapers. What if I told you, and literally Costco is literally probably one minute away. I said, if you went to Costco and let's, and you spent, and you spent around $40, close to $40, a little bit less on, on, on a, on a, on a bulk pack of diapers that will come with close to 200 diapers that will last you about probably two, 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 three months, depending on uh, how often you change the diapers. You're going to save yourself so much money. Think about how many times you would have to buy this little pack of diapers if you did it that way. And he just, cause he never stopped to think. Because the mentality that I notice in our and, and, and too many people in our community is when we need something, especially if we're in the hood, we go to the where? The corner store. The corner okay. store, the corner store damn near have airport prices. <laughs> the corner store is literally like walking around a terminal, but it's outside the airport. That's a, fact. a gallon of a gallon of milk is almost ten dollars in the damn corner store. And now you'll have people in our community that listen to what I'm saying and be like, man, it's only $10. What's the big deal? It's only this. Man, you tripping. Only $10? What you worrying about $10 for? All right. Let me let me tell you how this works. This is not a singular effect. This is a cumulative effect, meaning that if you get used to paying an exorbitant price on every single thing you purchase, imagine what that bill going to look like at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind paying the highest price for all these quote unquote low low ticket items, these low priced items, you're spending money. First of all, you don't even have to. You don't even. You can't even afford to lose. That's the crazy thing. We spend the money we can't afford to lose. And 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 to add insult to injury, or maybe just an observation, when you go inside of a wholesale lot, or like a a, a wholesale retailer. Like Costco, Sam's Club, BJ's. Look at the cars that are in the parking lot. Look at the Damn. kinds of people. That, look at the kinds of people be. that are shopping in there. Right. Ask me if you don't see the middle class and the upper middle class shopping there. The people who can afford the people who have a little bit more, um, what, what do you call it? A little bit more freed up money a little bit extra money to spend. These are the people who are trying to save money. One of the, one of the things that you realize is that the people who have money know how to save money. And the people who don't have money know how to spend money. Facts. Typically how it works. Facts, brother. And that's why you don't <laughs> have money. <laughs> exactly. That's why you don't got it. Cause you don't in that got situation it. situation that you gave with the brother who was in the line with you. So $15, for one, for, for, for a pack of diapers, as opposed to spending $40 at BJ's, that pack of diapers is going to last them probably two, three days. So turn around, you're spending now three three times more than you normally would. Come on, man. For the same thing. Bro, that's the same thing they do to us when we go buy cars. If we don't, if, if we don't know what our credit score is, if mm. we don't know, if you. we don't understand, if we don't understand... What the, what, what, if we don't understand what we're going to be spending for the total price of the car after making all the payments, right? Because somebody pulled some papers in your face and because you never really cared about reading in school, you don't read in your house, 
Nobody ever taught. No, and people, you may have heard people from time to time, teachers tell you, I mean, reading is important. Reading is important. But you dismissed it all the time because guess what? The cool people, you didn't see enough cool people reading, right? Mm-hmm. But now they put these, they put this this contract in front of your face. And you are intimidated by what you see. But you let your pride overtake your common sense. And you just sign the papers without even understanding what you just signed. Crazy. And you know how they get you too now. You know, first thing you ask is how much is it a month? And that's and, oh, and, and, oh, that's, that's the they, they pray, they pray that's God the you ask that question. Oh, that's, that's the how one. they get you. That's the one right there. They like, oh, we got another sucker. We got him. Boy, that's the phrase that pays right there. Got how you. much you want? How much you want it a month? Hey, a month. Oh, that's it. I got you. For the next hundred thousand years, you'll be doing it. <laughs> For the next hundred thousand hundred thousand years, you're gonna pay, you know, hundred fifty dollars a month. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've learned through that because when I wasn't, you know, as experienced or knowledgeable on the topic, I've made those mistakes. But the reality is, be real with yourself. Just because you made those mistakes, that does not define who you are. You got to learn from those mistakes, man. Like, and I refuse to make the same mistake twice, especially with such a huge financial obligation as far as buying a car. As the listeners are listening to my voice and your voice, please don't get it twisted. I have fucked some money up. I'm not here telling you that I've made the best financial choice every single time in my life. That would be a lie. But what I can tell you is I do not keep repeating the same mistakes mm-hmm. because to repeat the same mistakes and expect different results goes back to, again, that's the definition of insanity. So I'm not doing it. As, as I receive information, I try, I act on that information. And as you're getting older, you're supposed to be getting wiser. What did, what did Muhammad Ali say? He said, he said something. I'm a paraphrase. He said, if you ask a 40 year old man, if he, if he's learned anything and if you, and he says that from, you know, and he says that he hasn't learned anything. I think he said something like he's wasted, you know, he, he, you waste all the years of your life that you're not learning. And then I've heard another, um, I remember another, uh, quote was if you're it, the day you stop learning is the day you stop growing mm-hmm. and, and anything that's not growing is dying think about that anything that's not growing is dying hmm. and that's not just physically that's spiritually that's intellectually so the whole this whole journey of life is to grow is to learn see i could just get on here and just give you a whole bunch of tips on how to save some money but this is this is about this is a deeper conversation than just saving money because your saving money has to have a purpose. Because it's because when, when you look into the eyes of your children, let that be your purpose. Because now when you're doing it, you know why you're doing it. Or even if you're doing it for another loved one. you Once you tie it to a purpose, it will mean something different to you. Then when people tell you, oh, you being cheap. No, 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 no. I'm not being cheap. I'm being frugal because I have something that I want to protect and something I want to take care of long after I'm gone. And once you and, and, and once you align those financial principles to that, you'll realize you're not worried about the status of other people. You know, you're not worried about the opinions of other people. I tell people all the time, call me cheap. 
You can call me cheap, just don't call me broke. Straight up. You can call me cheap all day long. But one thing you're never going to call me is broke. I heard that. Because cause po- cause poverty, poverty, it's, there's no crime in being poor. And I say this all the time. There's, ne- there's no crime in being poor. You don't get to choose how you come into this world. But you do get to choose the life that you create before you end it. So you do have power. We need to take power where we have power. We need to take power where we have power. We're not going to have power in every facet of our life at all times. Sometimes we're beholden to other people, institutions, what may have you, given our situation. But wherever we have power, exert your power there. The worst thing you can do is be a living, breathing person and think that your whole the totality of your life is one of powerlessness. No. We can't operate like that, especially, especially if we believe in a higher power. We definitely, we already know that it was promised us. It was written, like Nah said, and the Bible said, that you have been chosen. You have been chosen. So if you have been chosen, then you are one of the people who are meant to be in the kingdom. So if you part of the kingdom and you need to be a kingdom builder, be a kingdom builder. We're not here to destroy. We're here to build. I've never seen nothing in any holy book that said stunt on your neighbors as your neighbors would have stunted on you. Where's that at? That ain't in no holy scripture I ever heard of. I didn't see nothing nothing in any holy book talking about looking to flies. Not, not one time. All these holy books talk about character. What is your character? What are your principles? What do you stand on? Hmm. That's what these books talk about. I don't care what you believe in. Even if you're atheist, you believe in character and morals. So we really have to, we, we really have to take this idea of saving and attach it to something that's deeper. Because if I just flat, because you can you can Google how to save some money, they'll tell you. But the reason why we having this conversation here is because we want to attach it to something that's deeper, something that means something, something that means something more to us, and something that we may not we, we may the thing the points I'm bringing up we you may have never connected it to those things, but after listening to this conversation, you're like, oh okay, this is a lot deeper than I thought it was. These things have value and power in my life and they're going to have value and power in the lives of those that I care about and those that I influence. Now, you know, one of the, one of the other things that I wanted to, one of the other things I wanted to bring up is I saw a, um, I was looking at an article. I was looking at a scholarly article titled, is conspicuous consumption in race. Who spends more on what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> conspicuous consumption, the definition of it is when you spend money on things that are outside of outside of things that you need, right? Like buying nice shoes or, you know, going to a fancy dinner. You know, you're not spending money on your basic needs like housing, you know, uh, you know, basic food, uh, shell, um, you know, uh, paying for a car, 
it's when you're going above and beyond what your basic needs are. So the image of the image that we have of ourselves many times and the image that some of the world has of our community is that we just spend a lot of money on jewelry, clothes and cars. Right. Things that we can visibly see, which to some degree I agree with. Because one thing I noticed, once again, I learned a lot from the children because the children will tell you what the adults are thinking, because that's what they teach them, whether directly or indirectly. So what they do is they're so focused on their outward appearance. That's the number one thing they focus on. They focus on what they're wearing, the brand they're wearing, what kind of, you know, the, the shoes, the the jewelry, all of these things, all things that you can see. I never I never had a student come to me and brag about the new porch that's being installed in their house or any renovation work that's going on in the house. <laughs> Not one time. They can, they're only talking about what I can visibly see on them. Mm-hmm. They never said, man, ma'am, you know, man, my parents, they bought me the best tutor in the South. <laughs> never, I've never seen nobody flex with that. So you have to ask yourself, yes, we do do those things. Some of us do do those things, but we have to ask ourselves like, damn, like, where's the value in that? After you buy a pair of Jordans and you walk around in them, get them all dirty and beat up, how much more are they worth after that? Right? At some point, we're going to have to start to ask ourselves, what do we really value? And why do we value it? And if the only answer we can come up with is, I just want to stunt on the person that's next to me. It may be okay to say that when you are adolescent, but the danger is, but the danger is when you think like that when you're an adult. Mm. That's the danger. We call that arrested development. Many of us think, many of us think only our body can be arrested. No. Before your body gets arrested, it's typically your mind that gets arrested first. Because if your mind is arrested, your mind is not going to grow and mature enough to control what the body does and what the body says. So your mind is arrested before your body is. Your body just, you know, you ever heard somebody say, control the mind, you don't have to worry about where the body will go? Mm-hmm. That's where it comes from. It comes right from there. So we got to do a much better job at fine tuning our mind instead of making, instead of fine tuning all these material things that are on us. Now, back to this article, conspicuous consumption in race, who spends more on what? Um, let me give you the names of the individuals who wrote this research paper. It is a by Rusinoff, Curran, Kofi, Charles, Eric Hurst, Eric Hurst of the University of Chicago. I'm going to read a quote because this was actually shocking to me, but it kind of lends to it kind of lends to the idea that this is not just a black issue. This is a mentality issue. Poor blacks and poor whites both spend more on visible goods if they live in poor communities because spending gives them more status relative to others in the community within that same community. But poor blacks and poor whites living among wealthier people do not devote extra portions of income to visible expenditures since they are too far behind to get more status from extra spending they can afford. 
Moreover, the very fact of belonging to a particular group provides observers with information about one's likely income. Blacks on average are poorer than whites. We know that uh, black wealth is one-tenth of what white wealth is, given the structural racism, slavery, not getting reparations, all these various factors. But what that quote essentially was saying was black and white people, poor black and poor white people, they both will buy or spend money on visible things because they want to achieve a certain status within their community that's really not worth nothing, but it mean, but they try to make it mean something to them. And then the second part is really what threw me for a loop. When the poor, when poor blacks and poor whites get around wealthier black and white people, they know that they know that they can't compete with their money. So they stop trying to stunt. They only stunt on people in their same economic bracket. Ain't that something? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Bruh. So we do have the sense. We just choose not to apply it. Thank you. We only want to apply it once we get around people who we can't no longer stud on. Hmm. Ain't that when you something. get around the, when you get around a guy who really can afford what you want and not struggling to do what you're trying to do, you realize, oh, ain't no, ain't no need for me to stun on. Ain't no need for me to stun on him. Oh no, no, he, he got it for real. And then you calm your ass down and you act like you got some sense. <laughs> That's crazy. But you know what I'm saying? I read that quote and I said, my, you know, you know, the, the emoji mind blown. That's me. Mind yeah, blown. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'll be there. So we only interested just like the kids. Just think about it. Just like I was telling with the kids. They were out here talking shit about each other. You broke you this. Your clothes, your shoes look like this. That, that, that. Everybody on free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's everybody, else, man. everybody eating the government lunch and talking shit about each other. So when those kids get around, you know, the kids who have more, to oh, they, agree, they get some sense they as quiet. well. They, and they get real quiet because now, now they know that they're in a position where it's like, I can't, I can't out stunt this person. So now it actually forces them to be more creative. It's like, how can I, how can I achieve status? without having to rely on things that I can, how, how can I achieve status without having to rely on things that somebody could just buy me or things that I can buy? Now, now you have to rely on your intelligence. So being in, the, being in that environment can sometimes bring the best out of you. Be, be, and, which makes sense. Think, think about what we're saying, you know, cause we're thinking in real time right now. And these are like things I've heard over the years and now, you know, kind of putting the pieces to the puzzle together. When you're in your environment and you're comfortable in your environment, the growth, the growth is not happening there. That's not where the growth is happening. The most growth will happen once you get out of your environment and now you're forced to be more creative and use your intelligence and your wit to maneuver in that new environment. These are the things that we need to start focusing on. I think I think sometimes we have what do you call it? Um, it's not imposter syndrome. It's like where somebody kind of foreshadows. They try to foreshadow what they think will happen to them in their lives. It's almost like they try to say, oh, because I'm from this neighborhood, because I grew up poor, I'm just going to be poor forever. So I'm not going to try. 
And if you get a bunch of people who have that mentality, nothing usually ever changes because it's almost like they've given up on themselves and they've allowed the world to tell them this is this is this is the this is the group you belong to. Don't try to ascend out of this group. This is where you belong. This is where you need to stay. And I think many of us are not honest about ourselves and having those kind of insecurities and being able to talk through that and being being able to fight our way through that. Because many of us want to give off this, want to give off this, this air, like we are strong all the time. We never have any weakness. Nothing ever bothers us. So when we act like that, you know, that's usually where most of the insecurity lies. Whenever we see somebody who's acting like they're strong all the time, those are usually among some of the weakest people. Yeah. And they're private and they're pri and private for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Bro, it, it takes a lot of energy to give off. It takes a lot of energy to pretend to be something you're not 100% of the time. It's so true, man. Depending on your setting, you will adapt to it, whether it's to stunt or whether it's to, you know, get creative and adapt to it. Most definitely. I remember when I got recruited to play at a, at a private school and, you know, I, I was, uh, I grew up. At some point, our family became middle class around the time I was towards the latter part of middle school. So, you know, I would say we're lower to middle middle class. And so when I was going to the hood schools, I was like middle class, like middle class. They were like, oh, you know, you got two parents, you know, y'all don't stay in the hood. So I'm kind of, they're looking at me like I'm over here, like the first month of Bel-Air, <laughs> right? But then when I go, <clears throat> then when I go to the private school, Bro, I don't know who came before JJ from Good Times, but that's who I was at that school. Because, <laughs> man, when, when I tell you, I learned about the separations of wealth. Oh, there are some separations, my friend. There's a reason. There's like I learned the I learned the, the literal reason why there is a low class, middle class, upper class and wealthy class. I learned it in high school. Because when you walk into some of these people, when the first time I saw somebody have an elevator in their house was I was in high school. I said, excuse me, an elevator? <laughs> Where we going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, hold on. What, what, what we doing? I'm like, we not. We didn't even leave the house. What we need to go in the elevator for? <laughs> and then asking that question is when the kid looked at me and just realized, oh, he's one of those. <laughs> 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 Bro, you can see it on his face. He's like, oh, he's one of those. Uh, he don't know. He, he don't know no better. This is so cute. <laughs> oh man! Rich, so rich just, person. Rich, bro, Richie, bro. You you remember that dude, <laughs> bro? You remember that duck that used to jump in them coins? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that Donald Duck. I don't know. I forget. I forget the name, bro. Bro, I literally oh, met. Man. I literally met that duck in real life. Motherfucker swimming through money. <laughs> Crazy, bro. That's crazy. Oh, another kid but had a helicopter. I can only imagine, though, Come like on, for man. you, though, in that situation, like you said, Come it's on, something man. that you learned in high school. So at yeah, a fairly man. young age, you were able to see the different dynamics and, and the different status in the class. Uh, oh, you man. Know, like, it's, it's, I'm sure, though, for you, though, it, it really provided you a sense or a perspective as to yeah. seeing those different worlds, knowing how to really adapt and benefit from each one of those environments. Most definitely, you know, it, it really, it really taught me, it made me lean more in 
to me being comfortable with who I am. Because if if I lean too much into trying to stun on people or looking for approval from others, my world would have been shattered once I got around the kids with money. This is why I think it's dangerous. This is this is for another show, but this is why I think it's dangerous. If you are <laughs> you ever see those uh, you know, when they give scholarships, the kids from the hood go to these really preppy, preppy uh private schools. Believe, you just yeah. throw them, yeah, you just throw them in that world. Yeah. Without really without without giving them a sense of identity, that's dangerous. That's tough, man. That's dangerous because you can really crush somebody's spirit. You can make you can make that person feel like they're nothing if they don't have a sense of who they are before you before you take them into that world. You need to be grounded. And and who you are, not I mean, you know, not all the way. You're not gonna be grounded all the way in high school, but you do need to have a strong sense of yourself before you get in an environment like that, or else you're gonna lose yourself. That's a great point. Learning about these different spheres of wealth, you know, just taught me that there's some knowledge that I needed to get, and some knowledge that I did not have. The first time I heard the word trust, I heard it from a white kid that was in middle school, and I was in high school. Think about that. Think about how that how that hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, "What?" I said, "I said, who do you trust?" He's like, "No, a trust." I'm like, "Who do you trust? What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you can see the kid getting frustrated. With him. He's like, "Man, I trust. You don't know how to trust, <laughs> bro. I trust nobody." <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Shit. So it's just. Once I kind of got an understanding of what he was talking about, I just stopped for a second. I said, wow. I'm like, I'm so called, you know, people tend to call me intelligent. So if the, if the quote unquote intelligent black kid don't know nothing about this, I can just imagine what the kids behind me know. Mm. Those are the, those are the levels of information that we are so that 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 we're missing like it's that deep to the point where you have the quote-unquote intelligent black kids in 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 the in the world of academia who have so little knowledge about money and how money works and what we should be doing with money we just have this sheer book knowledge that it's like damn we really are so far behind a ball we don't even we don't we're so far behind in, in certain instances we don't even know how far behind we are Right, it's like putting in an address in Google Maps, and then your phone cut off, and you don't even know how far you are from your destination. But but yeah, man, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to feel too bad about that, given given the given our story on how we got here and and how far we've come. So there's a lot of pride, there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of resiliency that we can lean we can lean into that we don't have to lean into the victimhood and despair because there's nothing growing over there if you want to be sad go ahead you can watch roots a hundred times and cry every time kunta got what you can if that's what you want to do hmm. or we can start looking at we can start looking at the people who overcome right we can start looking at all the people who overcome and the people who were able to make things happen out of nothing and that's the part of the history we need to lean into. We don't need to be so focused on what other people got going on. Let's focus on what we got going on and let's try to build on what we have going on. I don't care if I don't care if all we got is is 
three pieces of concrete, some wood over here, some, uh, you know, some nails over here, a ham over here. We may not be able to build the mansion, but let's build a shed. Let's start with a shed. And then eventually we get some more wood and we get some we get some 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 more nails and a bigger hammer. And then we're going to add on to that shed. Now it's a little house. So then over time, we can keep building on what we have. And that's the way we should individually look at our own financial situation and our financial situation for our families. The only people we're competing with is ourselves. We don't need the worst thing we can do as a people and how we get caught up in being the Joneses is trying to compete with everybody else. What sense would it make for me to compete with somebody, especially who hasn't had the same, the same issues or, 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 or the same circumstances of life that I've had? It doesn't make sense, bro. Now, am I saying if you have a business, you don't compete in business? No, that's different. Business, that's a little bit different. But the end all be all shouldn't be, hey, man, you know, every day you're waking up, it's especially some of us who are, man, you know, if I see, you know, white people got this and I need to get that. Listen, don't do that. It, to me, I don't see the value in doing that. Because if somebody was able to start the race while you still had shackles on your feet. It doesn't make sense to get so emotionally invested in trying to compete with somebody who's, who's who's near the finish line and you haven't even been given shoes to even start practicing to start the race. You need to worry about running your own race because doing all of that, you're distracting yourself from what you need to be doing. That, that, that's a distraction. That's going to hold you back. That's why any any good coach will tell you when you're running, never turn around to see who's behind you because that's actually going to cut. That's going to make you slow down. You don't need to cut down and look who's behind you. And that's why we shouldn't pay too much attention about what, what has happened to us in the past. We need to learn it. We need to know it to help give us a sense of who we are. But we don't need to be stuck turning around, looking back, because it's going to slow us down from going forward. We need to be looking forward. So we're talking about these whole these wholesale stores. Costco. Let me tell you, let me give you some uh, some experience as to why these memberships are valuable. One, on average, it does fluctuate because gas prices fluctuate a lot. But on average, you can save about 20 cents a gallon off gas. 20 cents a gallon off gas, brother. Especially these now. days. <laughs> boy, listen, <laughs> listen, I'm talking about you got If you got a if you got a little Kia Rio Toyota Corolla, the prices you paying to put gas in your car now. That's what somebody was paying to put in a Lamborghini years ago. <laughs> crazy it's crazy. so crazy you know and you know all of this market manipulation all i kept hearing all these years was oh we got so much gas it's no reason for the prices to jump up yeah whatever so somebody somebody want to make some money just don't make any sense bro like you know like you said like just an abundance of gas you know oil and it's like how's that how's that even happening or how's that possible if the prices just damn near went up 60 you know 40 percent Overnight, it seemed like too. Oh, that's crazy. the way it's like. And I was watching, like, oh, bro. I was watching, and, and somewhere in somewhere in America, I, mean, I don't know which state specifically or which uh, which town or city, but I think the gas price is almost eight dollars a gallon. No, no sir, no sir. Uh, I would have been on a mountain. Walking I to Walmart. Bro, I, we are walking to Costco. Bro. We are walking to BJ's. I would have been on a mountain bike. You did that. They would have had to call me Lance Armstrong. Eight dollars? No, no, no. 
Brother, you said it was ten dollars to feed your family. We're talking eight dollars a gallon. No, no, no. In 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 those circumstances, we're gonna find other routes. We're gonna be we're gonna swim where we need to go. We're gonna we're gonna teleport. We're gonna start investing in teleportation. Yeah, man. So gas. Gas is one of um, I very rarely get gas outside of Costco or Sam's Club. I'm usually getting gas because they get it for a much cheaper rate. Now, one of the downsides is you do have to wait in line. So I've kind of disciplined myself to wake up early. Like I got to get gas uh, soon. So I wake up when the gas pump opens. I typically wake up early anyway. And I'll be one of the first people at the gas pump to get gas at those rates. Because if not, you'll just see a long line. And once again, the cars that you see in that line, don't be surprised. I've seen Bentleys in that line. Range Rovers in that line, bunch of Mercedes, Lexuses. That's the thing. It goes back to what I said earlier. People with money are interested in saving money. And that's why they have money and they keep their money. <laughs> Straight up, man. It's, it's so fun. I, I, tell, I tell anybody, I say, if you want to know why, if you want to know why people with money have money, just go, just go, just pull up to a Costco or a Sam's Club on the weekend and just let's look around the parking lot. These are not people on government assistance shopping there. All right. These are people and the people on government assistance. Those are those should be the ones shopping there. If you got four kids, what the hell is one box of cereal from Publix going to do for you? Hmm. That's going to be swallowed up. Even if you get two boxes, <laughs> that cereal going to be swallowed up by the time nine o'clock hit. It's going to be gone. You get you getting a little old bag of chips from Publix. What's that gonna do for you? You need a party size. You need a huge size. If 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 your kids are gonna be snacking in your house. So I never understood the idea of not using, even if you're on food stamps or you're on government benefits, whatever your situation is, I understand it costs more to shop there for certain things, but there are certain items you need in your house. And going to the corner store, I understand everybody might have competition, but Hey, if you could arrange something, you got to get more for your money, especially when you have, especially when you, especially when you have less of it. The less you have of money, the the, the further you, your money has to stretch. Every every penny means so much more to you when you have less of them. But it even but, makes more sense, though, brother. To literally, like you said, like if you were someone who was in a situation where you're going to the you know uh, corner store, you know, on a da- daily basis, whatever the case may be, it will make a lot more sense for you to. You know, save that to where you can have enough to actually get that in bulk. Because the reality is, you know, it's the mindset of, you know, doing what you can to get by as opposed to doing what you must to stay ahead. It's just refocusing the way that we think, man. Like, it it truly makes a huge difference. Shopping at wholesale, retail, and big box stores changed my life because... I learned so much, especially my wife. You know, she's she's really good at saving money and learning more about how to get more at the membership. Bro, did you know Costco sells cars? Cars as a vehicle? They sell, bro, they sell cars. That I didn't you know. Can, they got vacations that you can that you can um go through them for. They they sell uh our home, most of our home has been furnished by Costco. Most of the time we buy TVs, we buy them from Costco. And then the cool thing is they give an extended warrant, a, a complimentary extended warranty on the TV. So if the TV has a two-year warranty, they'll give you a three-year warranty. They'll throw another year on it. Mm. Cost you nothing. Mm. Right. So, and then, and then they have a real good warrant. They have a real good return policy. Really good return policy. They don't stress you out. You don't need no receipt. Nothing. It's on your card. Swipe the card. Oh, this need to be returned. 
you got no problems. But these kinds of benefits, and I, I know I'm talking about Costco. Costco is the one that I use the most, but I have a Sam's Club membership as well because now it's closer, it's closer to my house. But I understand that these are some of the things that benefit you. Like there, there, there's a lot of value there. I make back the cost of my membership and just putting gas in my car alone. That's not even talking about the food. And then, you know, Costco has this membership, the executive membership. And you know what's funny? This is just a side note. How come all of the elite stuff is black? Like the black card. Hmm. You you know, the black this, the black that. But when you're a black person in real life, they're trying to throw your ass to the back. I'm just saying that's just a side note. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I don't don't understand why everything else is black. It's so elite until we start talking about black people. And all of a sudden, we want to kind of like, well, not that black. Right, but yeah, that that was just on my heart. So you're able to, I think, with the executive membership, you're able to get one or two percent cash back. And then what ends up happening is, if you go there enough, especially you have a family of three or four, the money that you get back pays for the membership and then some. So the membership literally does pay for itself. And I just hate to see people waste money at. And if you own a corner store, listen, I'm not knocking your hustle. But I am, you know, I am mad at the ways that people in my community have been exploited through this corner store business, because I think I think there's nothing wrong with making a profit in your business. But then there's there comes a point where it becomes exploitation. There's profit and then there's profit made underneath the guise of exploitation. It's like, what are we doing? You know, making 100 percent profit. That's good in most cases. When you make a 400% profit, what are we doing? Like, really? And it's not like it's not even like you're taking from the people who can afford to even lose that money. When you're in these stores, don't get caught off by the brands. A lot of these wholesale retailers, they have their own brands. I know Costco has the Kirkland brand, and I know um, Sam's Club has their brand, but I can't remember it now. A lot of the items that they sell underneath their, their brand name, they're actually made from a lot of popular retailers. Like, let me give you an example. The Kirk, the the Kirk, the Costco Kirkland diaper is actually produced by Huggies. Mm. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. The the Costco coffee, Starbucks makes it for them. Ain't that something? I'm telling you. The the vodka from Costco, I've only ever drink I've only I only ever buy Costco uh, um Costco vodka or or if, you know, uh Ciroc. You know what I'm saying? Because I support Diddy and I do like Ciroc when I do drink. The vodka from Costco that comes in that big container that lasts forever, unless you're a damn alcoholic, it's reportedly, for years, it's been rumored that Grey Goose makes Costco's vodka. Hmm. So don't get it twisted. That Kirkland brand, there's even been like a Netflix special and everything. That Kirkland brand at Costco is serious. That's why That's why so many people, when you go in the house, they got Kirkland brand stuff. You're like, what the? What's all this Kirkland stuff? Bro, the quality is just as good as the big names. And I know Sam Club does their own thing, too. I just have more experience with Costco. That's why I can speak to it. And let's look at some resolution solutions. So even before we, we, we go into the solution aspect, because we're not only big on giving the information, you know, uh, educating our community, our communities, but at the same time, giving you step-by-step solutions to, to help you uh, move forward. But even before we jump into that, one key thing or a couple points I want to bring up was the aspect of, of hip-hop and how that also, um, how that influences our spending habits. 
because the reality is majority of our community, we get financial advice from rappers. You know, like <laughs> those, those are our unofficial financial advisors. Straight up, bro. There are financial advisors like because we see what they buy, how they live, their lifestyles and all these different types of things. And so therefore we look at them to, to somehow like for guidance as to how we should spend our money. And that True. in itself, man, is a huge problem. It's a yeah. huge problem because the reality is from that perspective, what happens is if you're someone who, who, who starts from a very young age, because as you had mentioned before, you deal with children or, or kids, you know, right. and, and given the fact that they're the most impressionable at that age, just imagine how these habits can start from a fairly young age and last their entire lifetime. You know, and this is where now, like you had mentioned before, these different, uh, you know, uh, businesses and these, these, these brands are now exploiting, you know, the, the, the communities that we live in because they understand that if they catch us from a very young age, they got us for life. And that's just dollars right. that are, that's kicking in to these businesses while we are getting kicked out. So it's hmm. just a, it's just a refocus as to how we should repurpose ourselves. Like you had mentioned before, it, it just pops up in my mind, man. When you were talking about the kid who talked about who do you uh, do you have a trust? And then you were like, no, nah, what do you mean trust? I don't know who you're talking about. Right. Like in those situations specifically, man, I think that as a community, if we repurpose our focus and in hip hop itself, we can educate each other by using the music to do so. And, and I think right. that's a huge solution that we can apply as a culture. I just think that overall with the mismanagement of our mindset as well. Uh, what I mean by that is just, you know, successful cultures create value and have other cultures pay for it, right? Mm. So the reality is a lot of times you'll find, for example, let's talk about chains, right? Gold chains. A lot of times the people who make the gold chains are, well, not black people, but let's be real about right. that, right? So these cultures that are creating these things that we are, that we are somehow attached to, they all mm. profit from it. But the reality is, they create value. And what we need to understand is value. Once you're able to create value, you have power in creating value. We've been taught to not create value, but to spend on what we deem valuable. If we mm -hmm. can reprogram right. ourselves to understand that, hey, if we can create value, then we can charge whatever the hell we want. It's just mm -hmm. really now taking a look into how we think about things, how we can now create opportunities for our communities now by creating valuable solutions. These are the reasons why we, we really discuss these topics on our podcast, man, because there's so many things that we just have to be aware of, but more importantly, know how to take action. And that's why Resolution Solutions is so important. Most most definitely, man. I agree 110% with everything you just mentioned, man. The only thing I, the only thing I add to that is there are, the one thing I do like in hip hop culture that is happening is you are seeing a shift of, certain rappers talking more about ownership and financial literacy and stuff like even Rick Ross of all people, you know, he talks about owning wing stops and owning land and acreage and Kendrick Lamar. You hear little things here and there. J. Jay Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Jay-Z oh, Jay for sure. You know, big Nas. ownership. Nas, right. Nas, Nas, he owns tech companes. He's at ownership of tech companies. Nas is a beast. Nas, Nas made, Nas, Nas made, had a nice come up with this ring doorbell. Wow. You know, in my neighborhood, you see everybody with a ring doorbell. Nas was one of the early investors in Ring, and when it got sold to Amazon, he got a nice check. He actually made money, made more money outside of hip hop than he did in hip hop, which is crazy. Because Nas that's is the a point. legend. That's I'm so glad you said that. That's the point. But he uses his celebrity from hip hop to be able to make you know to be able to make investments in other areas. 
because he has notoriety. So he's using his notoriety to now take take the money he made from hip hop and, you know, uh, double it and triple it and quadruple it in other areas. But just like Magic Johnson, he made way more money not playing basketball outside of basketball. than He did playing basketball. Facts. So we, we just have to expand our minds on various ways to make money. Right. We're definitely going to have we're going to have um, a segment where we talk about uh, or another podcast where we talk about different ways to invest our money. But I tell people all day long, I'm like, every night you go to sleep, there should be a, the same way you got to wake up and go to work. Your money needs to work for you as well. Mm-hmm. If you're the only one working and your money's not working, you're going to need to work till you die. You literally going to die at work. That's that. That's just the facts. If you're the only one working and you have never and you have never trained your money to work, you're going to work till you literally die, die at work. You know, I was talking to my wife the other night and I was saying, you know, I got a friend of mine who one of his parents worked at Publix, you know, and was not the high, you know, was like he did some stock work and he, uh, you know, took groceries out, you know, did that with the carts. And then I think his mom was a, a CNA, right? So she wasn't like a RN, she was a CNA. Those are the low, the lower pen, the, the nurse assistants. These people bought a home in a city that upper middle class people bought a home. It's a very inspirational story. And I only say that to say, it's not always about what you make. It's about what you can save. How you use it. It's how you use it. How can you have your money create value? Money alone does not have value. Money alone does not create value. Mm-hmm. What you do with the money creates value. Money by itself, money just sitting in the corner does not create value. If I just take, if I just take, if I if, if I just take money and just sit it sit it in a closet, if I come back ten years from now, the same amount of money is going to be in that closet. The only way that money is going to have any more value is if I do something with it, I invest it, I find a way for that money to make money. There was a quote I read in that article, which I wanted to start off my resolution solutions with. The quote says, if you want to make investing behavior more prominent, you have to make the behavior more visible. Mm. And that was a beautiful quote because remember the whole, the whole point of the paper was talking about how people in a certain socioeconomic status, they buy things to visibly be seen to improve their status. Mm -hmm. So basically they're taking that same, the, the, the same way that they think and just turning it into something positive. If you want to see more positive behaviors, you need to put those behaviors out in the front. They need to be seen. Because I think there, there are a lot of people in our community who are into investing, into doing this, into doing that. But for so long, they were behind the scenes. Because unfortunately, in the, in the world, especially the world we live in today, ignorance is always at the forefront. Ignorance ignorance leads. That's what you visibly see the, the, the quickest. So the people who are typically investing and making moves and doing that, they were usually behind the scenes. But now, you know, you're starting to see people like Earn Your Leisure, right? Wall Street Trapper, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Mr. CEO. You're starting to see different people come to the forefront and they're, and they're, and they're offering um, different types of uh, financial knowledge to where now for some of us, it's becoming, for more of us, it's becoming cool to be a part of that movement, which is a beautiful movement to see people be a part of because they're making that behavior more prominent. So now if I talk to somebody about, about stocks, it don't sound like, Oh, that's that black people don't do that. That's not that you would sound extra ignorant in this day and time to say that because we have 
examples in our popular culture who actually are involved in that. So that's a beautiful thing to see because especially with our community, it's, it's just true. They have to see it. Seeing is believing for many of us, not all of us. Some of us, we just have to read it and then we'll figure out, we'll, we'll, make, we'll make it work. But for, but for some of us, seeing is believing. We need to see. We need to see the results and we need to see people doing what they say they're doing. Um, we need to get in the habit of looking for deals and, you know, making it, I'm not even going to say a friendly challenge, but just taking pride in saving money. Whenever I go buy something, I'm trying to save money on it. Why, why, why would I be so comfortable and willing to give my money away to somebody else when I could keep it with myself? I would rather have my money with me than with somebody else, unless this person was, was finding a way to make that, to make that money, make money for me. But when you're making a transaction that's going to leave your pocket and not come back to you, you need to have as few of those dollars leaving your pocket as possible because you want the rest of your money to stay with you. I want to be in a relationship with my money where it's close to me, not cheating on me with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> and you know, the, the, the old school adage applies. A dollar saved is a dollar earned. Some of us have been trapped in the mindset to think that the only way to make money is to, is to like, you got to see the money coming in. You actually make money when you learn how to save money. Because if I'm buying something that costs $100 for $60 and somebody else is buying something that costs $100 for $120, I made 60 bucks, And that person lost whatever the spread was. Saving money is earning money too. And when you and then when you get in the habit of this is why the middle class and you know the, and the the middle class, the people who are able to make it to the upper middle class and then even the rich class, they're able to earn income and save money, so they're earning money two ways. It's a mindset we have to get associated with. Saving money is earning money as well. Think about buying a house. Thinking about think about buying a car. If you're able to save thousands of dollars that would have went out of your house and it was you, you telling me you didn't make money? Yes, you did. Because somebody else bought what you bought for significantly more. They lost that money. Paying off high interest debt over time with balance transfers. Many Americans have some form of credit card debt. I have credit card debt. Okay. Certain things I buy on my credit card and I got to pay it off over time. Now, if I have a high balance, Given that I have that I have good credit, when a, when when a credit card offers me a balance transfer and says, "Hey man, you're zero percent for fifteen months," if I do what I'm supposed to do, I can pay off that balance at zero percent. The credit card companies are knocking us over the head; they're killing us. Seventeen percent on on the dollar—that's loan. They they're getting into loan shark territory. Sometimes over twenty percent. You see what I'm saying? So so it's like we can use. Once we improve our knowledge of credit and the power that we can harness from it, we can use balance transfers to help us knock down debt. Because unless you born to, uh, you know, somebody who's going to make sure you don't even have to worry about credit. Like I know people say, oh, don't worry about credit. Just use cash. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. But you need the cash for that to work. That's like trying to bake a cake without flour right how do we do that we're trying to make a cake without without an oven we, you know so it'd be wonderful if we could all just walk around with cash and use that but for the 99.9 percent of us 
we do we, we we live in this nation and we have a system of credit and we have to use it learn it and use it to our advantage right and to me one of the most important points is your status has already been assigned to you by god you don't mm. need to you don't need to be looking for status from the world Check this out. The person who created the world gave you status before the world he created gave you status. Play that back if you didn't catch it. You're trying to get status from somebody who you got status from the person who created them. You got the highest status that you ever going to get. So we have to be connected to something that empowers us. The problem is, unfortunately, in this nation, we eat a lot of empty calories and want to know why we feeling weak and we and we nutrition deficient. Hmm. Garbage in, garbage out. So we need to be mindful about what we're feeding, not just our bodies, but what we're feeding our minds, what we're listening to, the conversations we're having with people. My good brother, sir, when I talk to him, we don't talk every day, but when I talk to him, I'm being fed. He's being fed. This is Whole Foods. This ain't a dollar menu. That's why the content we're delivering, you can play this back over and over and catch something different every time. When I listen, when we listen back to some of the, you know, some of the shows, we're like, man, we didn't even realize we it was hitting like that. <laughs> That's a fact. We seriously, like somehow I'm like, damn, we hit that point good. Woo. So Hey, more whole foods, less empty calories. Use that metaphor and it will enrich your lives and the lives and the lives of the people around you in a multitude of ways. Sir, what have Amen, you? Amen, brother. Amen, brother. When we have our private conversations, it's more about our duty to our community to definitely pay it forward. That's what it's really about. And, and we're going to continue to work as hard as we can to, to get this uh, information and provide it to you all all of our listeners out there, because I think it's imperative that not only do we take this information and apply on ourselves, but to also share with a, a friend, a family member, because that's how now these changes truly now come into effect. And that's how we now move forward, uh, not only in time, but as fast as humanly possible. On that note, you know, I wanted to really pay a, a huge, you know, focus or attention on, on uh, just the influences of change, just people who we feel that has so much impact in helping us move towards that, uh, that, that, in that direction, in a positive direction as a community. And I want to start off with my ladies, you know, yes. ladies, let me tell you something, men, we do what we do to, well, let's be honest, to appeal to you. Everything that <laughs> we do is to get your attention, to get your approval. I think it'll be amazing if, if ladies can now reprogram the way that men act by solely not being you know, somewhat interested in the car that someone drives, but how much money do they have in an investment account? Mm. I think if, if my ladies could do that for us, my brother, let me tell you something, you'll be amazed. Well, I wouldn't be surprised as to how many brothers actually now refocus their priorities and instead of buying mm. those change, those cars and all these things that are worldly possessions that mean or nothing and truly have no value to really apply that financial education. I think that'll start a tremendous movement in the right direction. But also, as well as, 
you know, I know we brought, made a, a huge mention to, to businesses, our black businesses, if, they, if we can find innovative ways to create apps or the technology that allows us to now refocus yes. the way that we, how we look at, you know, what's valuable. You know, if we can just do that from our from our businesses to, to make it cool to save, to make it cool to invest, I don't know, create games, applications, like we can get very creative, just like you said, in, in the right environment. And also producers out there. Go ahead. I'm sorry, brother. No, I just want to add on to what you just said, because it's a beautiful point. We want to create more producers instead of just being consumers. Oof. Right. We want to be producers. Right. We want to be on the other side. That's where the money's at. <laughs> Continue, my brother. No doubt. And also, you know, I know we have made note of, of the rappers out there. You know, we, we, we talked about the Jay-Z's, the, 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 the J. Cole's, the Nas's of the world, the Kendrick Lamar's. You know, I yeah. think that Overall, if we can just have that message uh, to continue in that direction, that'll also be great, but also to promote it, talk about it. Yes. You know, yes. and that's one thing that's not being promoted. Like, why, why can't we have, you know, commercials on what these brothers are doing specifically in our communities as opposed to, you know, the, the things that they buy? You know, so I just think that it's a huge refocus as to how we apply things. And, and rappers have a huge, you know, uh, effect on how we act, on how we think. And that'll be a tremendous way to really shift in that right direction as well. And lastly, just athletes. You know, I think aside from rappers, athletes also have a huge influence in our communities. Uh, the LeBrons, the, the the Kevin Durant's of the world. These guys are no making doubt. more money outside of basketball and productions. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, LeBron has his production studio. I think KD has a movie. I forget the name of it, but he's in the movies now where he's producing. I mean, there are so many different facets as to how they can now take what they earn and like you said, uh, their money don't sleep. It just continues to mm -hmm. work for them day in and day yeah. out. And I think that as a community, if we can learn, uh, you know, how to create value, uh, not necessarily chasing money, but learn how to create value. Because once you create that value, you, you can charge whatever you want. And that's truly mm. power in our country. That's truly power anywhere that you go across the world. If you got that value, somebody else will have those dollars. Nice. Love it. Love it, brother. We do have, you know, when, when you say I want, I wish that they would put, you know, what some of these business moves these brothers are doing to the forefront. Now, let's not get it twisted. We know why they're not putting that to the forefront. Hmm. I love talking about LeBron as a case study because it's like every time I talk about his story, I say, listen, look at what he did with his brothers. Look at how he built his brothers, his friends. Look at how. He paid for the education. He put them in a position to win. Look at who Rich Paul is today in our society. He's the number one agent in the league. Facts. He put his brothers in a position to win, but he only put them in a position to win because they wanted to win. Their mentality was right. They did what they needed to do to prepare themselves for the opportunity when the opportunity presented itself. Many of us want the opportunity, but... If the opportunity is there and the, pro and the preparation is not there, then that becomes a wasted opportunity. So I love LeBron's story. And as he keeps adding on to his story, and I really hope that when he finally decides to retire, he pushes the narrative about this is the formula to raise us up. This is, this is the key. The key wasn't my jump shot. Yes, that brought the money and that brought the notoriety, but the key was having a vision me, me and my me, me and my partners having a vision for one another and sticking to the plan and not letting our egos get in the way and letting money get in the way of our 
ultimate goal. That's the that, that's where the power is. Don't let don't let don't let all these other people make you think it's just LeBron shooting jump shots and dunking basketballs. No, 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 no. His story is far deeper than what happens on that court. And that story, at the end of the day, is way more important than that story on that basketball court. Facts, brother. And for those of you out there who, who are asking a question, well, how do I create value? Like, what's value? The the easiest answer to that question is solve a problem, solve a problem. Mm. There's an issue or a problem within your community that you see that people are struggling with, people are getting frustrated with, solve that problem. And I promise you, somebody will pay you for solving that problem. Facts on wax. We are greater when we appreciate that we need each other. Thanks for tuning in. We out. Peace. Peace.